We have a new sponsor for this episode. I'm very excited to announce that the Pinball Lounge has come on board and they want me to talk about the event that they have going on Saturday, February 26th. It is the Rush Pinball Release Celebration. When I say Rush, I mean fucking Rush. This life is not for rent, motherfucker. Doors at 2 p.m., tournament at 3 p.m., a show at 5 p.m. All you can play pinball on over 40 machines, including three Rush machines. We have the Stern Army release party tournament. We have Rush Karaoke, which fucking, that sounds like an amazing time. You have Jeff Scott classical guitar performance and a Rush Hour tribute band, which Rush Hour is the best fucking name for a, a Rush tribute band. So yeah, check them out. Again, it's the Pinball Lounge. They're Central Florida's place for pinball. This is happening at 376 East Broadway Street in Oviedo, Florida. That is 32765pinballlounge.com. And we're back. Um, we walked when we <laughs> last left our radio heroes. Voice, man. <laughs> when we last left our heroes, they were entering a dark room. <laughs> um, so they're in the yearbook room now. Uh, and who do we find sitting behind the computer in the shadows? We find the eco pussy guy who drives the bio uh, diesel car, Eric, played by one Dave uh, Franco. Um, who I fucking love him. The good Franco. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, I like James in certain things, but I don't like James as a person. Yeah. Just yeah, not well, in you know how life. I, you know how I don't separate that shit, so I yeah. don't watch him anymore. Um, one of my favorite Dave Franco things wasn't even a movie. It was a Madden commercial he did with Kevin Hart where the two, like, Kevin Hart kept challenging him to Madden over and over again. I remember that, yeah. yeah he, yeah. like, keyed his car and, like, yeah. tried to do all his... Like came up and like kiss his girlfriend or something like that, and then finally Dave Franco is, accepts it and then just beats the shit out of Kevin Hart and Madden. <laughs> uh, that was a good commercial. Uh, it was yeah. pretty epic. But um, Eric, uh, uh, you know, was looking at them. And goes, "Oh, you two. And he they they kind of like awkwardly apologize about earlier, and they ask if he's the dealer. Um, they also ask if he makes this stuff, but he says, "No, nah, I just sell it." Um, he says it's twenty dollars a hit. Um, and they, you know, they'll both take a hit, basically. Um, Eric asked then if they're narcs, uh, jokingly, but they get all like, oh, what, what do you mean? <laughs> and then, um, you know, Schmidt does this great circular logic that, yes. like, confuses the shit out of Eric. And he's like, I don't fucking care. Just take it here and you'll be cool. Um, like, they don't want to take it, obviously, because they don't want to take it at all, but, you know, they kind of have to now because they're stuck here, and if they don't take it, then, you know, it's going to look really awkward. Um, it's kind of funny because they take it, and Jenko thinks it tastes like Cool Ranch. <laughs> uh, they go to the bathroom, and they try to throw up in a really funny scene of them fingering each other's throats and mouths. Yes, yeah, uh, the janitor walks in. <laughs> yeah, the janitor walks in, and uh, he just kind of gives them this look like... <laughs> Stop, stop trying to find my throat's G-spot or whatever he says. I don't know what he says. <laughs> but it's really it's really pretty funny. Um, and uh, the janitor just thinks it's... I think like it's weird because the janitor like looks at it like this just happens. Like This is just something that happens here. Um, they do run down the stairs, though, and they're stopped by Coach Walters, who, oddly enough, is eating a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. I don't know. <laughs> no, foreshadowing. Maybe some foreshadowing here. Um, I'm going to play a clip right now. This clip is what happens 
to them, their 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 stages of HFS. Uh, this is a, a slightly long clip, but it's pretty funny. So I'm gonna oh, roll with it. Oh, it's definitely funny. I wish I just wish I had the visual to go along with it because the visual in this clip's yes. even better. But I'm hoping if you listen to this episode, you've watched this movie or you're going to watch this movie. All right. Whoa, hey, whoa, 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 whoa! You got a pass for running around the hallways like a couple of dinglings? Pass in your hand. Hello. Ah, oh, damn. You guys are late. Now I'm gonna have to take you to the principal's office. No, 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 man. Come, Come on, on please. please. Sorry. You have an exceptional muscle tone there, young man. <laughs> when did you go through puberty? Like seven or something? <laughs> Look like you're in your mid-twenties, for crying out loud. McQuaid, huh? Doug McQuaid. I read your file. You got a lot of something special going on there, young man. Uh, that's a... What the hell was that? God damn it, son. Don't ever raise your hand to me like that again, all right? I consider that a threat. I was just saying that I'm Doug. I'm Doug McQuaid. That's the... That's the... Brad, I'm... Just Brad, I'm not... You're the new kid who's all county and track. Yes, uh, I, I'm Doug McQuaid, the track star, and this is Brad, the science prodigy. Is this funny to you guys? So you're dumb, you're dumb, you're dumb, you're dumb, you're dumb, you're dumb. Here's the deal. My track team is full of physically incapable rejects. I mean, if I wasn't the coach, I'd be laughing my ass off at how spastic they are, but I am the coach, so I need you. You need me some Doug McQuaid. You understand? I need you to run anchor in the 4x400 at today's track meet. You do that, and I'll sign this pass. Don't blow on me, son. I haven't trained. Guys! Don't make me take you to the principal's office. Do we have a deal? Yes. Nice. I don't like that. Put your tongue back in your mouth. Put your tongue in your mouth and close it. What are you doing? Stop it. Actually, that's not bad. <laughs> All right, here you go. Are you guys on drugs? Okay. One particle of unitanium has a nuclear reaction with a flux capacitor. Carry the two, changing its atomic isotoner into a radioactive spider. Fuck you, science! <laughs> We're good. We're good. We're good, man. We're good. We're good, baby. Woo! Good work. Hit that shit. I've got a crow. I'm just the cleverest fella twas ever my fortune to know. I taught a trick to my shadow to stick to the tip of my toe. I've got a crow. I've got a Welcome aboard, Peter.
No, that was a long clip. But so fuck you, Miles Davis. <laughs> fuck you, Miles Davis. I fuck you, science. <laughs> and then I love the last part is just called a sleepiness. Yeah, yeah a sleepiness. So did they, you catch? They run uh, to the cult. I was yeah. gonna say my favorite part of that sequence was was uh, Rob Riggle breaking character there. At yeah. The end. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. How could you not laugh at that man? when he's making the dick, the penis? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, like, this is a bunch of weird-ass shit. Like, the cat had turns to a cat. He turns into an ice cream, and they're, like, sticking their tongue out, looking at him. He's like, hey, 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 stop that. He's like, yeah. you? That's okay. Yeah. I, I like when he slaps his hand down out of the air. Yeah. Don't you raise your hand at me like that. Don't touch me. Um, we also get them... Uh, the, he's in the, the science classroom just talking a bunch of randomness, and the whole board is just nothing but fours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, fuck you, science. And that was a goof, because when... It showed him writing. He was using chalk, but when it turned oh, around, shit. it was a whiteboard. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, maybe the, the board was originally like the marker color, and he filled in all the white spots. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <that's> <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, then he sings the Peter Pan song, which I've never heard this. Like, what is, I have a crow. What the fuck is a crow? No, I've got a crow. When you, when you want to shout something to the masses, oh, like, you're going to crow, you know. I got you now. Because like, crows like, are like, loud. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is he saying? I'm yeah, like, I don't even understand this. Yeah, I mean, it's old, you remember it's old time you speak. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, like, hook. right. Okay, I, exactly. I get it now. Yeah. I'm glad I had someone from the uh, 15th century to explain Well, that. I was going to say, that's old timey shit. God that's timey wimey yeah. shit. The shit was cold blooded. Um, the guy he pushes off stage, uh, in there, we find out later his name in the movie is French Samuel. But <laughs> it's actually backwards for Samuel. French is the person who owns the right to the musical Peter Pan. Right. So they did that on purpose with that yeah, character. The Easter name. eggs are incredible in this thing. Yeah. Uh, we get him running a marathon, to which uh, he starts out way ahead. And he's like, everyone's like, go, go. And it's funny because, like, Eric and Molly and them in the, in the stands kind of cheering for him at first. Like, they want him to win. And then when they realize that he's just fucking it up, they like it even more. They're even yeah. happier. He smacks the baton out of the other guy's hand. That's so good. <laughs> he throws, throws it, it across the, the finish line. Jenko yeah. uh, runs into the band room, just starts smashing everything, grabs a trumpet, slams it into the floor. Fuck you, Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Dives through a gong. Yeah. 
Uh, and then, uh, of course, you know, the baton penis. He grabs the penis and, it, like, Rob Riggle's trying to steal it from his... St- Rob Riggle breaks character. Like, it's 100%. Like, he just starts yeah. laughing because it's too yep. fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how many times they took that take trying to get him not to laugh, and then he just, like, they just fucking gave up. Yeah, it's not possible. It Forget it. Yeah. Um... So the next thing we see, uh, they're sitting out on a bench near a bus stop, and Eric's crew comes up, and uh, Eric's just like smitten. He's like, "I love how you sabotage that fascist track meet." <laughs> um, so they, they seem to be like, you know, hey, we got him with the cool kids. You know, we didn't do it the way we thought we would, but it's worked. Um, and then Jenko's like, "I don't fucking get this school." <laughs> like, uh, I know nothing makes sense to him. So now we're back at 21 Jump Street, and they're showing off to Dixon a board that looks like something Charlie made in Always Sunny in Philadelphia with yarn strings going every which way. <laughs> um, it shows who the dealers are and what's going on. Uh, Dixon, of course, thinks this is bullshit. <laughs> um, and the more I look at it, um, it really is kind of crazy and doesn't really go anywhere, so it kind of is bullshit. Yeah. All Dixon wants to know is, who is the supplier? Infiltrate the dealers, find the supplier. Um, the, the other, uh, officers there, Fugazi and, and Junior Junior, uh, they, um, they said that, you know, while they were busy finger in each other's assholes, <laughs> is that what you wanted, Eric? Oh my God. Bumping. It's just the way he imitates or there's something about yeah. it that. I, I mean, we were finger in each other's assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so great. I didn't pull the clip, but I should have. Uh. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, they uh, they said they were they were getting things done, taking down a group of wannabe thugs in the Garfield High Metal Shop. Um, now throughout the film, these other main character, like when they return to the like the chapel area, the other two female characters who are always talking about the things they've done, which includes busting a prostitution ring in a chop shop out of a high school auto shops. These are all plots from the original Twenty One Jump Street show. Yeah. Oh shit. So the yeah. things they did were episodes of Twenty One Jump Street. Right. Oh, we got to jump back real quick because when they picked up the car, when they got the Camaro, that was Holly Robinson Pete who was in yeah. the original 21 Jump Street. That was one of the cameos. Yeah, Hoffs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, th- this movie is riddled with Easter eggs and like little yeah. hidden things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get back to the school and Jenko goes into the chem lab after hours and he finds that the nerds are there. Um, he's wondering how they got in. They say that the t- that Miss Griggs gave him a key so they can come in and do shit, and they're dealing Bakagon, which Jenko immediately says, "What's that drug? Where did you get that from?" <laughs> but it's some weird ass like like Pokemon, yeah, uh, little plastic toy card game. I don't really know what the fuck it is. Yeah, either. My, my kids were into that since they um, were at the right age. I guess so. Yeah, that, that was you know where you haven't seen Nightmare Before Christmas. I haven't seen Bakagon. Right. <laughs> um. Jenko says, you know, he just came there to study. Zach, like, kind of gives him, like, yeah, you need to. <laughs> you don't even know what a covalent bond is. Um, we notice if you look closely, Zach's dismantling some phones, and Jenko uh, um, kind of asks him what's with that, and he says he's trying to jailbreak them to kind of, like, you know, make it so they can go on any network and get some extra money. Uh, and Jenko asks if he can basically make, like, a wiretap for a phone. And he gives some smart-ass, sarcastic answer about, oh, can I do this? Can I do this? Of course I can. <laughs> Um, but Janko doesn't get the sarcasm and he's like, so can you do it? <laughs> um, and of course, uh, he can. So we know what, th- what that's going to come along as a plot point later. 
Schmidt's getting along pretty well. Um, he's realizing that all the shit that he's into is now it's cool now. It wasn't cool when he was in school, but now it's cool. Uh, Jenko's not feeling it as much, and he blames Glee for causing this shit. <laughs> Listen, like, I can I relate to this it. shit, man, because when I was a kid in school, I was into comic books, and I have a, I have a distinct memory of my teacher telling me that I could do extra credit. I could do anything I wanted, so I went home and I made a poster board about Spider-Man and all of his powers and his, you know, his villains and gave it to the teacher. And she was so excited that someone did extra credit that she fucking, she wanted to show the whole class. And I was like, oh my God, no, please, whatever you do, <laughs> don't show the class. And she showed yeah. the class and there was deep shame there, man. And oh yeah, to live in a world like we live in today, fucking, yeah, if you it's that mind shit today, People will be like lining up to blow you. I, yeah. I, that's exactly my point. It's, it's, <laughs> it's mind boggling. So this, this struck a nerve with me, man. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, Schmidt thinks that he uh, may be actually becoming popular, um, and he decides, you know what? Maybe we should throw a party. Like that'd be cool. Um, like, uh, uh, so uh, he's gonna get in with the cool kids, but Jenko, you should infiltrate the nerds. Um, Schmidt calls Molly to invite her to the party. She thinks that it's odd that he called because that's only what old people do. <laughs> yeah, I know. They usually just text. Um, but what's funny is Schmidt's mom picks up the phone and embarrasses him, which actually works perfect for his cover story now because, like, it, he does it so naturally. Like, get off the phone, mom! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Doug. Which I find <laughs> funny his name's Doug, too. Like, <laughs> it, it worked out perfectly for a Halloween costume because, you know, if he would have been Brad, it wouldn't have worked out as funny. That's true. You're right. It's everything, everything, everything happens for a reason. Um, uh, there's some flirting going on. You can kind of tell they're kind of into each other. Uh, but Jenko comes in and tackles Schmidt into the bed. Uh, but Schmidt's like, you know, over there laying it on thick, you know, and shit. And he invites her to a uh, to the party. Um, did I miss? Oh yeah, I missed the line here where he says like his parents are overbearing, and she's like, "Well, her dad left her, and that was the only stuffed animal she ever got." Yeah. And then she, she's like, "I'm just lying." He goes, "Oh, good, your dad didn't leave." He goes, "No, he left. I didn't get a stuffed animal." <laughs> it's like, God damn. Uh, so uh, he invites her to the party. She says she's going to post about it on Facebook. Uh, immediately, we're in Dick's son's office, and he's asks if they're throwing a party, <laughs> and he gives him quite a harsh warning against doing so. Because if they do, you know, they'll be incarcerated with a snorkel on with him shitting down that snorkel. <laughs> uh, I know you're going to love Friday, Doug. I'm just telling you right now. Okay. Because you laugh at all the ice cube lines in this movie, you're going to like Friday. All right. Uh, we're going to get there eventually, hopefully, one day. <laughs> um, they're they're trying to set up this party and they're wondering how they're going to buy alcohol since neither one of them have a fake ID. <laughs> I love that. Oh, it's so much fun. Well, how are we going to get alcohol? And they just look at each other. Then they see him coming out of the liquor store, which is the same liquor store they used in Superbad, by the way. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, then they're like, oh, but how are we going to get drugs? Yeah. <laughs> and then they're in the evidence lockup, and he's, he's about to grab a pound of Coke, and he goes, we don't want to ruin their lives. <laughs> just get the weed. Yeah. 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 Best party ever. Uh, so uh, the party's now set up. It's going to fucking rock. 
Uh, the doorbell rings, and of course, it's the nerds. They always show up first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they go get set up uh, with Jenko to get the plan going to, you know, redo the phone, uh, wiretap and all that shit. Um, Schmidt's worried that uh, Eric um, is Schmidt's worried if Eric's going to come and Jenko's worried, like if the party itself is good. Uh, Molly and Eric do finally show up and the nerds, uh, the nerds kind of sneak up with this plan to, to take Jenko to, to get his phone by Jenko distracting him and like grabbing it off of him. Um, Eric is funny cause he's like, they just got there, but he's like, okay, we need to leave. And like the gay dude comes up and is like, oh, there's no, there's no hot dudes here. Let's get out of here. Um, but, uh, but Smith's like, let me show you around. And the funny part is Smith doesn't even know he's trying to like buy time for Jenko to tap his phone at this point. Um, he's just trying to keep him there cause he wants him to be friends. Um, they walk upstairs to the bedroom and there's this really weird three way going on. And I love her line. What's the girl in the back doing? <laughs> um, but uh, you know, Eric's Eric's just insistent. We gotta get out of here. Like, there's he's got something he wants to do. So we gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. But as they're about to leave, you know, they're saying goodbye. This guy Scott shows up and uh, asks Eric about his hookup. Hey man, I want to get that hookup you got. Um, at this point, you know, Schmidt's trying to be the his. You know, he's trying to be the wingman. He's trying to be like the solid dude. So he jumps in the middle there and says, "Hey, you're fucking up my party, man. You're like an emotional bull in a china shop." Um, and, uh, you know, he keeps antagonizing you know, Scott until the point where Scott decides let's fight, bro. They, then they start brawling at this point, you know, the nerds and Janko upstairs hear the ruckus going on and, uh, Janko comes down and starts whooping everyone's ass, of course, cause he's the one who can do that. <laughs> Whereas Schmidt's fighting the one dude on the couch. Um, however, Schmidt does, uh, eventually grab his mom's, uh, vase and smash it over the dude's head and knock him out. Um, uh, and, uh, everyone's like, oh, right. And then like they, he turns around and everyone goes quiet. He has a knife sticking out of his fucking back. I was in deep, <laughs> which I wonder if this is a metaphor for him to think that Jenko is stabbing him in the back right now by tapping the phone. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. That's just my mind went yeah, there for some no, reason. No. Like he got no. stabbed in the back type thing, even though like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So, uh, Jenko grabs the uh, blade and yanks it out of his back and everyone starts fucking. Yeah. And the party just goes wild. <laughs> I mean, it's like a, uh, it's like a fucking rager at this point. It's like a project X. Um, like I'm surprised someone didn't yell. I'm a golden God at some point in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we see Schmidt's parents in the car. They're turning around to go back home because their mom forgot the phone. Uh, they're smoking weed though, which is kind of funny. She's like, Oh, there's a cop. Oh, we better be careful. We don't want our little narc son to, to get rat us out. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the party's raging back on and the parents come home and they start kicking everyone out. Um, everyone, you know, takes off running. Uh, Eric and Schmidt kind of have this moment together in the street where they're like, Oh bro, you got me solid. That was so cool, man. I appreciate that. You know, oh, you know, it's like, we love you, bro. This and that. Um, you know, he invites Schmidt to come work for him and just, you know, at that point, Jenko walks up and he gets real quiet. Like it's really awkward feeling too. like the conversation yeah. kind of ends. Um, and, uh, you know, the next morning we wake up and, uh, Schmidt's mom's not very happy. And Doug, I pulled something for you here. Yeah. I love Dick. You think that's funny? Wonder years douche. 
What kind of a sick animal draws an ejaculating penis into an eight-year-old's mouth? Arguably, like an airplane throwing up. <laughs> you think I don't know that's a dick and balls? I know all about dick and balls. I partied with Robert Downey Jr. before I got sober, when he was really fucked up and a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> It's so great. Uh, it is great. That's that's my favorite in the movie, definitely. Yeah. I partied with Robert Downey Jr. Bef- when he was real fucked up and yeah. fun. Before he got sober. He was, Before yeah. he got sober. Yeah. Um, so basically they're in trouble now. They're going to have to start doing chores around the house. And, um, you know, which I is fucking funny too. Uh, you know, while she's droning on and on, we get this pow, pow shooting range scene. And uh, Jenko's telling Schmidt about bugging Eric's phone. Uh, Schmidt's kind of like, that's fucked up, dude. But then, you know, he realizes, okay, no, but that's what you really should have done. Like, you know, it's weird because he's kind of split because he's like wants to be friends with Eric, but at the same time, he realizes yeah. it's part of the job. Um, So we get this sweet montage that comes on with some straight out of Compton by MWA playing, which <laughs> I love because Ice Cube's there. Yeah, that's great. Um, Schmidt's starting to bring drugs into the, to the Jump Street and, um, you know, he's getting money back from Dixon to give to, to Eric. Uh, Dixon looks like he's finally like kind of happy with the progress they're making. Uh, Jenko's out chilling with the nerds and they're blowing shit up. Yeah. Um, is this what you guys do every day? It's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, Molly and Schmidt are kind of having a text thing with like Peter Pan costumes and like he texts her some like chick half naked. He she texts him like a giant dick and says, "Be more manly." <laughs> um, next, we see Eric and Schmidt in the mall. And Eric's kind of asking him, hey, are you texting her? And, like, he gets all kind of, like, nervous all of a sudden. He's like, nah, dude, I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, we blow each other sometimes, but it's cool. I'm not jealous or nothing. I don't really care. I don't own shit. Um, and then, of course, old Phyllis happens to spot Schmidt. Oh. <laughs> and, hey, Schmitty, how's my favorite undercover cop doing? And she's like, shut the fuck up. I will punch you in your fucking face. Like, he's just telling this old lady off. <laughs> Uh, and eventually he just gets so frustrated he pushes her into some shoes and then yells she tried to grab my dick <laughs> now apparently this uh, whole scene was based off of uh, Johnny Depp's character in Donnie Brasco uh, where he did something very similar while he mm. was undercover in that movie yeah yeah. oh damn I, did, I didn't make that yep. connection at all but it's, yeah it's totally true yep. yeah um, which that might be another hint later um, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that uh so Jenko, you see him outside of the school at the end of the day. He's waiting for Schmidt. Um, then a text message comes through and tells him not to wait because he's out with Eric. Um, Schmidt and 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 uh, Eric go back to his house, which is a super fucking nice house. Like, I really like yeah. this house. Like, I'm like, this place is badass. This is like some shit I would have. Um, uh, Molly runs up and gives Schmidt a big old hug, um, which he's like, oh, I didn't kind of expect that. Uh, and, uh, you know. Eric comes up and like gives her a kiss and like everything cool. And he's like, yeah, yeah, everything's cool. Um, we see the badass Camaro parked in front of like a shitty house by the bottom of Lake Pontchartrain Bridge, um, which I feel like that house was in some another movie before, but I can't think of what it was. I want to say it was like an old like not necessarily Rocky, but a movie like that. Yeah, maybe that. What was that movie where? Uh, maybe it was the newer Rockies. I don't know, but there was a house like that in one of those movies. Um, and, uh, the nerds are inside playing some kind of weird ass song. Um, 
it was like some like sweater, like something sweater, sweater, sweater. Um, yeah, I don't and, know that one. And then uh, Janko tells them they're going to take down the eco pussy, and they start playing the eco pussy song. <laughs> um, back at Eric's house, he's sitting around, like you know, the, the backyard with the acoustic guitar, playing some chill. Like we got to save the world, we got to save the world, and the trees, and the bushes, and the plants. <laughs> Um, and everyone's just chilling out. Uh, one of the nerds tells, uh, which this nerd kid, he's in a lot of shit too. The, he, this is him super young, but, um, he's been in a lot, a lot of shit. Uh, he was in that movie, that TV show. Um, it was on Fox for a while. The, what was it? Oh, uh, Zor- Son of Zorn. Zorn. Son of Zorn. Yeah. Yeah. He was in that. He was in the uh, superstore. He was the, like the deadbeat boyfriend for the girl that got pregnant. Um, He's been in a bunch of movies. I, I fucking like that kid. He's I can't remember his name now, but he's super fucking funny. Said Dax Flame. Said uh, I think that like yeah. That. I don't know. Well, no, maybe not. I'm wrong. It's not him because he hasn't been in that much stuff. No, but um, there, I want to say a, there's a scene from that show he was in, Son of Zorn, that uh, I, my brother and I, constantly send to each other because we find it so funny. And he's uh, the premise of that show was that. His father was like a He-Man character, yeah. like a cartoon. So oh, he's got Johnny Pemberton. Johnny Pemberton. He's got cartoon legs, and he goes to a doctor from the He-Man world. He's like this little gnome, and he's voiced by Nick Offerman. Funnily enough, yeah. so he's he's trying to understand what's going on with his anatomy, and Nick Offerman says like like look at me, you know, I've got a ghost in my chest that scares the blood around my body. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I don't know why. It's just one of those things that tickled us in such a way. We're like, "That's funny, man." Yeah, it's it's really good, man. I I I just enjoy him like as an actor. His roles are always super good. Um, but uh, he point was he does find a um, that the wiretaps up and running and that they can listen in. So let listen in. Um, Schmidt at this point says he needs to go inside and use the bathroom. So he uh, sneaks into the house and opens up a laptop and starts looking through Eric's emails. Now, one of the emails, so I did pause to look at this. A lot of them are from like the same person over and over again sending like videos and shit. But one of them's from Janitor, and it's got two attachments. And oh. I wonder if it's if it's Schmidt and Janko figuring each other's mouth. Oh, I'll bet it is. <laughs> I'll bet it is. That's great. Uh, that made me laugh. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> so uh, while, the, while he's looking through the emails... Molly sneaks up behind him and says, what are you doing? It scares the shit out of him. And uh, here comes my next little drop segment. What are you doing? <laughs> I heard something. Hey, can I ask you something? Sit down. Okay. I just want to make sure that you and Eric are going to be careful with whatever it is that you're getting involved in. Yeah, I promise we will. It would just suck if something bad happened because you're... A good guy. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way about you, except girl version. You're a girl. I am. Yeah. <laughs> That's you're, why I put this good. dress on exactly. to remind you. Are you uh, are you excited about the play? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're just right in there with yes. excitement. Oh, no I'm hesitation. very excited. <laughs> yeah. Does that make me a super nerd? No, not at all. We get to act together. <laughs> what a vagina. He has no chance with her. So, shit. Sorry. You're on the prom committee. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to be fun? Did she just bring up prom on her own? She did. She just brought up prom. What's she doing? I think it's going to be awesome. Prom eats a dong. 
Multiple right. dongs. Anyone who says they don't care about prom actually secretly does. Who's gonna take the prom? There's no one who's going to prom with us. Come on, picture it. You pull up in a white stallion of a limo. You got fine-ass honeys with you. You dress to the nines with your best buds. Dubs fly out behind you. Slow motion. Dubs. Why dubs? Because dubs make you look like a badass. That's why. I'm pretty skeptical, but maybe if someone fun asked me, I would go. Aren't, isn't, aren't you and Eric? Wouldn't you and Eric go together? Not that I know of. Uh, would you... He's gonna choke. He always chokes. He's gonna choke. Wait for it. So would... So would... Would you... Oh my god, are you okay? <coughs> that is the actual sound of choking. I I was wondering if you uh would you uh maybe wanna go to, uh with me to prom? Would you wanna go with me maybe with me to prom? Yes. I would love to go to prom with you. What? You should say yes! Wow. Good for you, Doug. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Put her there, man. Just put, put it right there. <laughs> I am put, putting it what, uh, right there. He's adopted. We all suspect from a very lame family. <laughs> Where is he tonight? Probably at home with those lame tools he hangs uh -huh. out with. I don't know. Uh, you know how Tom Cruise is always pissed off at Rain Man? That's like my life. Except Brad is really shitty at math. Claire's <laughs> kind of a dick. Yeah. He kind of is, isn't he? Don't listen to that. Don't give a fuck. Yeah, so uh, Molly kind of has this real sentimental moment with, with you know Schmidt, and you can tell she's really kind of like into him. Like she thinks this guy's cool. She thinks he's a nice guy. You know, he's not like the rest of them, probably because you know he's from a different era. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe he's she's an into old older man. dudes. Yeah. Um, so uh, she kind of brings up prom in a roundabout way to kind of find a see you know if he would maybe ask her and i think it's funny because you know you know jenko's listening in and he's you know being a really sweet like kind of dude to his dude like this is his man like you know he's like you know i wasn't there for him when he was in high school and i laughed at him and like when he got rejected but now like i'm kind of rooting for him i kind of want him to like have this happen even though it's still kind of weird because i don't know if she, i know she's 18 but i don't know if she said she's 18 yet yeah <laughs> um, there's a there's a strange undertone if, yeah, you, if you dig a little too deep. Because yeah. he's clearly you know graduated 2005. He's 2007 years old. So I mean, even if he's he's like 25, 26 years old. Yeah. And if she's not 18, then it's yeah. kind of weird. But she does make clear that she is 18. 
So I don't remember when she says it in the movie, but that is in there. So I'm like, thank God that they did that for us, because like. Well, yeah, I, I think when they were writing the script, they were going, "We we got to make this clear." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like they did that for us more than they did that for. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so you know, he does ask her, but then you know, peer pressure comes in when the crew comes in. He starts talking shit about Jenko, which kind of fucked up. But then again, he's also not expecting him to be listening. Um. I'm kind of mixing this because he's doing his job like, you know, his job is to get in with them. So if he was like sitting there like being all defensive and shit, maybe they wouldn't buy whatever. But at the same time, it feels more he was, malicious. He was getting a little revenge from the old yeah. days. Not not consciously. Like, yeah. you know, under under the surface, he was he was flashing back to the razzing well, I mean, he got from it. If you're not the cool kid, when you start like feeling like you're the cool kid, all of a sudden you get like cocky uh, yeah. and arrogant. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he's he's you know. loving this. He's loving the position he finds himself in. Man, it's you know, yeah, yeah, great power, great responsibility type thing. But you know, he's not being as responsible as he should be. Right. Uh, but anyways, he asks Molly to prom. They're going to go together. You know, in his world, everything's fucking amazing right now. But in Jenko's world, he's you know one of the nerds now he's kind of seeing what it feels like to not be the popular kid and he launches that star into the wall pretty fucking hard (laughs) (laughs) yep um so back in the office slash korean church uh the aroma of christ church (laughs) such a great name that'll never not be funny to me (laughs) uh we hear spitz phone ding bling 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 he's getting messages from eric like back to back and he's like oh eric's so funny he's such a good i -er." (laughs) emmer Which, that's kind of dating it, but I don't remember if that was that even big in 2012 though. Or like, is, that seems like that was like older. That uh, yeah, that aim thing. It was that was that was more like a 2005 thing. Yeah, I was like yeah. thinking. I was like, I was like, because they had Facebook Messenger in 2012. Like, I don't I'll, know. I'll say too, going back a little bit, it's cool to see uh, Channing Tatum transition into that nerd role. Like there yes. was there was a scene earlier where he goes into the room where all the all his nerd buddies are, and he does this like lightsaber handshake, and it's so. He's just he he leans into it so well, and he starts swinging on the countertop like he's just he becomes one of them in a, in a really f- like funny and effortless way. So it's that that's something I enjoyed about this this movie a lot is you know, the role reversal that they do, yeah. You know, Oh, and uh, by the way, I guess my heathen ignorance is showing, but the aroma of Christ is an actual thing. Like, there are churches called is it really? the aroma of Christ. What? I mean, yeah. I didn't know that either. <laughs> like, really? So, um, I just yeah. thought that was a joke. Is, is it so, a Korean thing? No. I, uh, well, you know what? I'll open it up. Sure. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, be careful. Oh, shit, I'm You're going to start getting place. all kinds of fucking spam emails. Uh, <laughs> nope. The one I found is actually Indian. Okay. Okay. It's the Aroma of Christ Ministries, and it's in. Uh, we don't need to get in the weed. Oh no, it's, it's in Aroma, in India. India. It, it's actually <laughs> in India, um, but there yeah, there are some... other references. There's a tons of Google stuff. It's just the one I found because they have See, a Facebook page. There's a lot of aromas in India too. <laughs> I'm not. I listen. I, no, I'm just going to be quiet because I can get in trouble. Well, I know you, you're familiar with them after digging through the curry purse. Oh, I, I still smell that in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I brought that up for you. You know, 40 uh, years later, I still smell that shit. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
Jenko, you can tell, is kind of getting upset by this whole situation. Um, Fugazi and Junior Junior come in again, tell them they finished their third drops, and now they're finding drugs at a different high school. So Dixon is, is completely pissed off at this point. He said, I want you to infiltrate the gang and find the supplier. Uh, Jenko hurt, says he heard Eric talking something about a pinata. Uh, Schmidt goes, did you hear anything else? And Jenko said, nope, that was it. Uh, but we know, you know, he heard a lot more. Um, also, some of the emails did were in re- reference to the pinata. I brought up the janitor, but there were two other ones about the pinata also. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Schmidt, uh, or sorry, um, Molly and Schmidt are now getting ready for the play in the green room at the school. Uh, Schmidt looks ravishing in his Peter Pan costume, but a little too sexy if he lifts his knee up. Um, Molly, you can tell she's kind of like really into him and she's really trusts him. She's giving him that look like, you know, I can see this working here. You know, we're good. Um, it's not as, as, you know, obvious as what Mrs. Griggs is giving to Jenko, but. (laughs) Oh no. Make it a quickie. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, it's, it's obvious though that like Schmidt, like this is starting to get to him. Cause like he really likes this girl also. And he hates that he has to lie to her kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, he wants to trust her to trust him. He like actually genuinely would like to be friends with her after this whole thing's over instead of done with, um, we flash over to Jenko. He's giving his molecule Monday about potassium nitrate, which he's doing a good job too. Um, as he catches over to, to you know, get his like you know look of uh, whatever for Mrs. Griggs, he sees out the window that uh, Eric and, and um, I probably never even wrote down the other guy's name. Uh, the guy, the, the one he punched in the beginning, uh, I, I can't remember his character's name, but the yeah. two of them are walking out with the pinata. Um, and Jenko's uh, just stops his speech and runs out of the room. Um, and he takes off to get Schmidt. He busts into the dressing room where Schmidt is. And Schmidt's trying to give him, like, this ain't a good time. I'm about to get something a little, you know, going on here. Like, go away. And uh, he's like, I know, but my pinata is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> he's been like, this is the second time. So is that a sex thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Schmidt tells Molly he's got to go, but he will be right back. So they take off running out the front door. Um, they jump into the car and they go to take off, and bam, it's been booted. Yeah. <laughs> because they parked in a handicapped spot to be cool, and they left the parking tickets on it because they thought it looked cool. <laughs> uh, so they run over and steal the driver's Ed car, and Schmidt says he wants to drive because he never gets to. So they tail Eric over to his meeting, and they see that he's with the one percenters which is kind of odd. It's the same people we saw in the beginning of the movie. They see Eric hand over the pinata and the one presenter is like, we're going to get in touch with you if uh, this is good. And we're going to get in touch with you if this is bad type of situation. Um, so they decide they're going to follow the one presenters, but real quick, I have a really short clip to play here. Very, very, very fast. 13 seconds long of them, you know, trying not to get noticed. What are you doing? If they see us, just pretend like you're sucking my dick. What? No! Yes. Yeah, right. you pretend Stop. like you're sucking okay. my dick. No, just pretend like you're sucking my dick. Why am I automatically blowing you? Because you're in a fucking Peter Pan costume. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his logic is sound. Because you're in a fucking Peter Pan costume. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Uh, I don't know why. I, I always love that line. <laughs> 
Uh, so they're going to follow them. But Schnitt, Schmidt says he needs to be back in time for curtain call. So uh, Jenko keeps hitting the teacher's brake while they're following him because he's like, you're getting too close because yeah, we're in a driver's ed car. There's two steering wheels. There are two fucking sets of brakes. Um, <laughs> and Schmidt's getting pissed off because he's like, fucking let me just drive. Let me do my thing. Um, you know, because, you know, he's starting to feel like he's got the bigger balls right now than normal. He's got that BDE going on in there. Uh, as are you, Doug? Yes, uh, I know. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so he's pushing the gas pe- the gas pedal down while Jenko's holding the brake, and then he punches Jenko, and the brake releases, and he smashes right into White Trash Juggernaut. Yeah. Um, who uh, he rolls up onto the car, and he gets out, and he's fucking yelling at them, I'm going to fucking kill you. What are you, a Keebler elf? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they... Uh, they hit the gas and try to get the fuck out of there because they don't. Want, first of all, they don't want to get made, and second of all, they don't want to get killed. Um, they almost run into a car going up the freeway ramp with a bunch of kids sitting in the back of it, but they stop at the last second and they realize that oh shit, we're stuck. So they get out of the car and they start running, which is impossible because he's in tights and he goes, "I'm in skinny jeans." It's the same fucking thing. <laughs> uh, they end up carjacking a dude that has a Porsche. They punch this old man and knock him the fuck out. <laughs> Um, and then they take off in the Porsche. Uh, they're looking for a gun, but for some reason there's only golf balls and a tennis racket in this car. Um, so they make it work. One of the bikers, uh, gets hit and he crashes into a truck filled with like propane and gas cylinders that fall and start spraying it out onto the freeway. You see both of them duck for cover thinking it's going to blow up and nothing happens. (laughs) Uh, we go back to Molly who's looking out from backstage and Mr. Gordon, I'm looking for my Peter. Has anyone seen my Peter? Um, he decides to call French Samuel, the understudy, to come perform. Um, once again, the name French Samuel is backwards from Samuel French, who was the guy who owned the rights to Peter Pan. Um, so Molly texts Schmidt as uh, you flashback to them running into another traffic jam. For some reason, there's a bunch of traffic jams on this bridge. I don't know why. Um, and, of course, whenever he gets to the front car, the front car is just sitting there for no reason. <laughs> also, uh, But as they're running through the cars... Schmidt's trying to text her back and he's doing this long ass text with like fucking emojis and shit. LOL at the end. Um, so they pull up to this beetle and Jenko pulls out the chick who's like pretty hot. And he's like, uh, he starts complimenting her like, Oh, you're so attractive. This and that. And so he goes, don't worry. Someone's going to pick you up for sure. You're hot. And then by the time she realizes, what do you mean? Pick me up. They take off in the car. Um, they're in this like pink, like, like a pastel pink beetle driving. Yeah. and Schmidt's looking for something to like use as a weapon he takes a sunshade and throws it out the window um, <laughs> and hits one of the bikers in the face who uh, that biker starts randomly just shooting holes in a gasoline truck and then crashes <laughs> into the gas trunk which then it crashes and they brace again for an explosion that doesn't happen <laughs> and like I really thought that was going to happen that time <laughs> um, so then Domingo the lead biker he pulls up alongside them and starts shooting into the car um, they find a, a, a sick little fucking gun in the glove box with the four barrels on it. Um, but Schmidt, you know, is pointing it and of course he freezes up and doesn't shoot. So Jenko just grabs his hand and starts shooting it for him. Um, they hit the pinata on the back of the bike and the bike loses control. Um, so the biker guy, he kind of jumps off 
and the bike goes sliding into the back of a chicken truck, which then violently explodes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, that's what blew up? That's a good gag. I like it that. Was, yeah. It was really good. Because the two things you think are going to blow up don't blow up, and then chickens yeah. do. And there's like feathers everywhere. Yes. Um, Schmidt like says, why did you shoot for me? Um, he's like, fuck it. We just need to get back to school. I need to finish the play. Um, and then we have this, um, I'm going to break the scene down afterwards. Cause I fucking just died laughing during the scene, but I need to play the audio first. I can't believe you made me late. You're so selfish. I'm selfish. Yes. You're selfish. Are you fucking kidding me? Look at yourself. You're in too deep, man. Yesterday I found a college application on your desk. I don't know how long this case is gonna last. And Eric's gonna get into Berkeley, and honestly, I can get in too. Who knows, I could ride this thing out. I could be a doctor or something. Have you lost your fucking mind? You screwed this investigation all up. We said no my Miranda rights, you idiot. You are a very silly man indeed. Boys, squads, come quickly. Hey, sorry. Uh, I'm here. Uh, I know I missed the uh, first few scenes. I want to thank, give it up to uh, Fred Samuels for uh, ably backing me up. Fuck it's, you, Doug! I say we just roll right into this thing, huh? <laughs> this is my twin. We're together fuck in the... Fuck out of here. What are you doing? Have you completely lost your mind? What is this? Uh, I don't know, but it's already more exciting. You're embarrassing me. It's okay. I'm making up to you. And, uh... Let's fly! Oh, it's such bullshit! Yeah, I'm not dumb, I'm smart! You think I'm stupid? You're stupid! I guess I should do something. I should probably not just stand here watching. I should take action. Worst best friend ever! Talk to you ever again. I'm sorry. You stupid idiot! pull that drop <laughs> please that do need to, that needs That'd to be, be on great. cue fuck you dog for just surprise me absolutely yeah um so uh he runs into the, the the play um pushes the fucking other guy off stage <laughs> and the other guy's like trying to play it this is my twin he's like get the fuck out of here <laughs> starts, he starts like rigging himself into the rig um just in the middle of the play uh Rob Riggle's in the audience. Uh, Coach Walter, he just fuck you, Doug. <laughs> he was loving it. He was having such a good time. Oh, yeah. 
he like like is eating. He looks at the girl in front of him like, yeah. <laughs> um, the fight, like I don't know, oh, it's so dude. fucking funny when it's he runs right out, out of him and he Matrix. just like Peter pans up in the air above him. <laughs> right out of the Matrix. It was so great. It was so great. <laughs> he does like the whole like. I know. He throws the <laughs> fake boulder at him and holy shit. Oh, it's just I was like dying fucking laughing watching this fight. So you call me Rayman. Yeah. Principal says I'm the sucks dick. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh it doesn't go so well, you know, it's kind of like that climax where the shit's all falling apart. And as um Mr. Gordon says, this is the end of Act Two. <laughs> yeah. He he nails that. He's pretty uh dead on. Um, and for us, that's probably the end of Act 2 as well. We'll see you on the next one. Hey, you guys want to uh, grab a beer? Oh, always. S- sounds good to me. All right, I got a spot. Hourglass yeah. Brewing in Longwood, Florida. I don't know. Now, listen, Doug, I know you're from out of town. This is the place I go for all my local craft beer. Delicious. 40 beers on tap. And the best part is it's a haven for nerds like me, like you. Yeah, the 240-seat Longwood Taproom. They stock that with nerd nostalgia, video games, board games, cornhole boards. They even have a dog-friendly patio. You can't beat that. I absolutely love it. I mean, I feel like I know this this uh, establishment just from Eric's Instagram and Facebook because he's there a lot. Um, they support his art and the local artists in the area. And uh, I'm excited. The first time I get back down to Florida with these two guys, uh, we're heading over there. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Yes, the art, the arcades, the pinball machines. There is uh, literally an homage painted on the wall to uh, Rick Moranis and Spaceballs. I mean, what more can you ask for in a brewery? Hourglass Brewing, Longwood, Florida. Uh, Check it out. Go there. They are sponsors of the show. They support us. Go support them. Thank you.